Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another special edition of the Foyerstein's Fire American Soccer Show, the USA versus Mexico postgame show from State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona, where the United States and Mexico finishes it off in a 1-1 draw. First things first, this match not being played on a designated FIFA international window. And no matter if it is on a FIFA international date, a non-FIFA international date, Mother's Day, Father's Day, Christmas, Hanukkah, Halloween, Thanksgiving, Fourth of July, uh, Easter, does not matter you're going to get a game, and you're still going to get a crowd. And thankfully, thankfully, the crowd got what they wanted. They got a show. But in reality, and if you want to be honest with yourselves, both sides were not good. Both sides were terrible. Both sides just did not look like they could muster much on the offensive end. And for the United States, horrible after the first foray into the Mexico side of the field. We saw poor attacks, poor crossing, everything poor from the I would say from the 10th minute all the way to the end now granted the United States did convert an equalizer and they are unbeaten against Mexico in these now five games including tonight but the truth of the matter is this it was a very poor performance I mean, I would have to say the only ones that seem to have looked strong in this one on the USA roster, Jordan Morris. You also have to say a little bit of Walker Zimmerman. Just a little bit. And once again, a little bit here and there. And I know... I know you're going to say, well, Aaron Long had the worst game ever. Why is he even being called into the U.S. men's national team? Why this? Why that? What the hell is going on? He should no longer be called into another U.S. men's national team game. Yes, he did not handle the ball good. He put himself basically in a position where he tried to clear the ball out, but he didn't see the runner coming towards him. But who put him in that position? 
who was the real culprit, Aaron Long, in that position to cough up the ball like that? Kellen Acosta. Because that pass by Kellen Acosta, who went back towards Aaron Long, forced Aaron Long to move towards the ball. Meaning, it was in a bad angle. Aaron Long was running towards the ball to try and take the ball away or clear it out. And forced Aaron Long to play that ball incorrectly. And that's what led to the USA goal early in the second half. That was absolutely poor. From Kellen Acosta, I'm not absolving Aaron Long because he's at fault for placing that ball into the space for Atuna to make that attacking run and to be able to score. But once again, you've got to share the blame for that one. I understand he coughed it up. And you want to say Aaron Long assist? No. Aaron Long was put in that position by Kel Acosta. And you can also blame Walker Zimmerman for that because he was not there to at least give cover for Aaron Long to back him up just in case you were going to see an attacking run, which you did, converted. And there it is right there. Just a poor, poor ball by Kellen Acosta, as we're watching the postgame show here as well on TNT, watching that pass, that ball, by Kellen Acosta, right to Aaron Long, which it wasn't at Aaron Long, because Aaron Long had to run towards that ball and clear it out quickly, because Aaron Long knew he was in trouble. He knew he was in trouble getting to that ball, and that is why Mexico scored first in this match. And then, of course, late in the second half, go gets an opportunity. They nail the post. Ball comes out. United States on a counter. Alan Sonora crossing up top to Jordan Morris to the far side. Brilliant ball. Attacking down the far side. Comes in. Crosses it. A little help from the Mexican defender who toe-tapped it towards Jesus Ferreira and all Ferreira did was tuck it in, tapped it past the keeper, you're tied at one and it ends at one with that equalizer and the United States is unbeaten against Mexico now in five consecutive matches. Ladies and gentlemen, what we have witnessed tonight is, like I've said, outside of the goals, this is the worst performance from sides in a USA versus Mexico match. And these are players, half of the roster on both sides, where you're barely going to see these guys play for the national team. You do have veterans from the World Cup squad playing in this game, not themselves. And unfortunately... No Paul Areola in this game. He was originally called in to play this game. And then, due to injury, was taken out and subbed out. 
Before this game, Paul Ariola developed an injury. Pa- Paxton Pomko comes in to replace him. Paul Ariola, and I know some of you are not happy if Paul Ariola gets called in. How dare an MLS veteran get called into a national team game? But the truth of the matter is this. If Paul Ariola is healthy and able to play, he does more in this game than what you've seen for some of the other players. Just poor, poor play all around. You're not going to pick and choose who you think was worse. Not this time, folks. It was poor from start to finish from all sides of the pitch. And even for Mexico to get a free opportunity to go down the field and convert that chance, I'm sorry to tell you all, if you are a supporter of the Mexican national team, even you would have to admit that was a poor display from Mexico. Not so much attacking and not so much bringing up the ball, but their final third was atrocious as well. No, it was atrocious. And I think that's the issue Mexico is going to have right now. They're going to have that moment where you and I are going to say, how, you know, how, how are they able to, to be, you know, how are they able to survive these types of uh, games? The matter is this. When you saw them play against Jamaica in their home match in the Nations League, they were not themselves. When have you ever seen them in recent years now looking that bad, looking that terrible? I mean, I think everyone, including obviously Hercules Gomez of ESPN, of Football Americas, who has said it's the fault of the last manager in Tata Martino, which I, I will agree with him on that. But I also have to say that they were a tick better in the passing game than the United States were. I think they're passing well. I just don't don't think they're shooting well. And I think that's an issue with Mexico right now. They're not shooting well. And the United States, they are lucky that not only A, they are destroyed, and B, they were also lucky that they weren't losing this game 2-0. Because if that ball does not hit the far post, uh, you know, Mexico is going to be saying we're back in the game. And you know, as well as I know, Mexico will take anything and everything for bragging rights against the U.S. And everyone will be saying we are back. But now, cause of the uh, result, the 1-1 draw, Mexico is now once again questioning themselves. Not that much, though, because I think Mexico will take some positives out of this. Because they were able to move the ball against the U.S. Sure, they missed. Yeah, 
I would say our guys defended well. For the majority of the match, they defended well. Outside of that one moment where Jesus Ferreira got a little bit of help from the Mexican defender to toe poke that ball towards him and toe poke that ball inside the net. We're lucky to leave Glendale, Arizona with a 1-1 draw. There's a problem. It's a major problem. And, I, you know, at least Anthony Hudson recognized it at the post-game, excuse me, at the, the, the halftime uh, interview on TBS. He recognized we got a problem, and I got to fix it. So at least good on Anthony Hudson to recognize there was a problem with this match. There was a problem in the first half because, truth be told, after the first five minutes of the match, first five, ten minutes of the match, the, U- the U.S. was poor. Absolutely god-awfully poor. And they cannot do this again. Cannot do this again. The United States right now are lucky to come away with that draw. And at the same time, I understand you want to have the Derby, of course, the best rivalry in North America in CONCACAF to be played. And unfortunately, it's during a non-FIFA window. But look, everyone's already expecting a big fight in the semifinals of the CONCACAF Nations League this upcoming June 15th over in Las Vegas at at, uh, Allegiant Stadium. And then, of course, everyone is still expecting USA versus Mexico to be the final at the CONCACAF Gold Cup on July 16th at SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California. So I kind of understand why a little bit. Doesn't mean I'm accepting it, and it does not mean that I think it was the right thing to do, but I am understanding why they wanted to do it then or during this time. Still doesn't make it right. It still does not make it right to have this type of match being played. And I also understand, I also understand that Go wants to bleed in some new players as well. And they did so. But this is what you have to expect sometimes. And like I said already, it's not fun. It's not ideal. But look, this is what they wanted to do. They they basically uh, got everything done, whatever they wanted to do. And there you have it. It's all done and dusted. 90 minutes are over with. And of course, the big question that everyone had towards the back end of this second half, especially in second half stoppage time, was that little moment with James Sands sort of touching or fouling the Mexican attacker 
inside the USA area. Should that have been a penalty? Absolutely not. That is why Tommy Smith, formerly of ESPN, calls that penalty hunting because that's what it was. Penalty hunting. And I'm getting sick and tired of seeing that gamesmanship, I understand. But that's the type of situation and uh, malarkey that you're going to get when you are playing against Mexico. Because they're going to try anything and everything to bait you. It's well overdone. And even the final yellow card of the match against Kellen Acosta. I don't know if that was a real foul or not. I'm going to say no from the angle I saw it in. You want to claim he kicked kicked him? Whatever. That's fine. I don't care. Personally, I just think that was a dive. What are you going to do? And let me also say this. I want to give credit to the referee tonight because he basically, you know, I think he officiated a clean game. The shenanigans were getting a little uh, out of hand, of course. But what are you going to do? This is international football. You will get shenanigans whenever it comes to play. You're going to get shenanigans. That's... uh, you know, that's how the football bounces. Don't want to hear it. I understand. But look, that's, that's the truth. That's the truth. I don't like it. You don't like it. But it's going to happen. So you're going to have to deal with it. And other than that, it's just one of those things where you are going to have to just Grin and bear it. This is the this is what it is, and there will be people and teams that will take advantage of that situation. That's all you can say, and that's all you can do. You just have to hope that the referees are good enough and smart enough not to fall for it, unless it's a real, real foul. And that's what we want to see. Whoever gets called for a real foul, then that's what needs to be blown. That's what the whistle has to be blown for, a real foul. None of this made-up stuff. Make sure that's a real foul. Make sure the guy's not walking. Because, boy, oh boy, Walker Zimmerman. He's probably been to a bunch of Nashville Predator hockey games in the National Hockey League. Because that's a big hip check if I've ever seen one. And boy, oh boy, did he deliver a good one. Got booked for it. Properly so. Not a problem for me. It was the correct call. He got booked. And he goes into the referee's book in the match. Like I said... There's nothing you can do about it. That was a clean hip counts in hockey. Does not count in football. So, got to say once again. Um, 
And, and, the, and the big question that now comes into play is, while Anthony Hudson did well up to a point, and when I say up to a point, I'm being serious here. I think he's done a good job with how to manage this national team. And like I said before, he was well aware problems that was coming towards him during this match. And I give him credit for, for recognizing that. You have to at least give him credit for recognizing that he's got some issues with his players because they did not play well. They did not play well, period. But I still don't know if he is good enough or strong enough to continue on to be the head coach on a permanent basis going towards the World Cup in 2026. And not just that. Also, the Copa America in 2024. Cindy Parlo Cohn can say whatever she wants. Of course, that is the president of U.S. soccer. She can say whatever she wants, and that's fine. But in reality, in reality, waiting for a sporting director and a general manager for the men's national team and and, and for everything else going on here, a sporting director, I can understand, fine. But a general manager for uh, U.S. soccer, no, I'm sorry. I am sorry. I mean, this is, this is getting ridiculous. This is getting ridiculous. This is getting way out of hand. And U.S. soccer has to just stop messing around like this and get it over with. Get it done. Get on with it. And name somebody now. Anthony Hudson, I give you kudos. I give you all the credit in the world for doing a solid job in getting this national team, these players, ready to go. Once again, this is nothing against you, but U.S. soccer you are absolutely going to fumble here if you, do, if you don't get this right. You did this waiting for Greg Berhalter to finish up with the Columbus crew, and you wasted valuable time, valuable time, to get these players ready for, the, for a World Cup and so on and so on. They waited for you to get ready to move forward. I'm sorry to say it. Lightning will should not strike twice with the with US soccer. Please get somebody. Somebody ready to come in and take over the US men's national team on a permanent basis as the head coach. Because right now time is being wasted. You may think time is on your side. I beg to differ. Time is not on your side anymore. 
go out and get the job done. Hire a manager and get it done. Get it done and stop messing around. Period. Because the more you screw around like this, the more questions are going to be asked. It's really not that difficult. It's not that hard. Please. Take care of this business and get a guy who wants to be there. I know everyone's saying Jesse Marsh is probably going to be the one to me. I don't think Jesse's going to take the job. Right now, I don't see him taking the job. Because I think he's the wrong choice. But because of the way U.S. Soccer runs their business right now and how they're dragging their feet. That's how I know. Because Jesse, when he's good and ready and he's about to take, the, take over as the head coach of the men's national team, then it will happen. I personally think it's not going to happen right now. I think it's... He's, he wants to still stay uh, being a club coach. So I think uh, he would love to uh, remain in England. But the deal has to be right as well for him to remain in England. Because he doesn't want uh, a short tenure. And at the same time, he wants a longer deal than just finishing off to see what happens if those clubs will remain in the relegation zone and sack them, or they get out of the relegation zone and keep them. Because Jesse wants to stay at that said club to try and get that club back into a promotion level in the championship. That's all it really is. I don't blame him. I completely understand what he wants. I completely understand what he's trying to do. But we'll wait and see. We will wait and see what happens with Jesse. And we will wait and see what, what he will do and what he will say when, the, when an opportunity comes his way. In a normal sort of world, I want Jesse Marsh to be the head coach of the U.S. men's national team. If it's Jim Curtin, so be it. I'm happy. I think Jim Curtin is a uh, solid uh, choice. I have no problem with Jim Curtin being the head coach of the U.S. men's national team. I just want U.S. soccer to stop messing around and get it over with. Get her done. Get it done. And stop messing around. That's all I'm saying about that. But once again, just a poor match all around. It's not something you'd write home about. As I've said already, you know, it, it could have been better, should have been better. It wasn't. And every, you know, look, it's all mental. 
because, once again, it's not on a FIFA international date, and it's not in January either. But it happened, Go is unfortunate not to get a victory here. But I think they will take this draw as a victory and say, we did all right for ourselves. We did all right. And you're and we're gonna be good. We're gonna be fine. I truly believe Mexico is gonna take some positives out of this. Without a doubt, they are going to take some positives out of this. And unfortunately for the U.S., they should have done better. Outside of the opening 10 minutes and the equalizer, they were poor. They were absolutely poor, and it was absolutely terrible. I just cannot be happy with that type of performance, even though the unbeaten streak is intact, is intact, but once again, I'm not happy with this performance. You've got to be better. You've got to be stronger. Some nerves, I can understand that, but all match long, I'm sorry. That's not good enough. That is not good enough from what I've seen, and no one, no one should be happy with a performance like that. You still want to blame Aaron Long for the goal. Fine. You do whatever you want. But as I've said already, if Kellen Acosta does not put Aaron Long in that position, and if Walker Zimmerman does not Aaron Long to be in that bad position and not to help him cover his backside and allow that break to happen and get scored on, then we're probably talking about a 1-0 victory, but it's still not a good 1-0 victory because I would still not be happy with it. I still wouldn't be happy with it. It's great to get the goal. It's great to tie the match and get the equalizer. But none of us should be happy with what we saw tonight. It was poor from all ends of the match and on the pitch. Everywhere was poor. Got lucky with the goal. Got lucky that the Mexican defender toe-tapped the ball, toe-poked the ball, I should say, to Jesus Ferreira. Because it was a great ball by Jordan Morris on the cross, on the low cross. That should have been intercepted better, and it wasn't. Toe-tapped to Jesus Ferreira, and he just found a way to stop himself long enough to poke that ball into the back of the net to make it 1-1. That's the truth. We cannot be happy with a performance like that. We can't. It was a terrible match from start to finish. That situation has to be better. It has to be better. And if it's not going to get better, well, then we got a problem here. U.S. soccer should not settle for that. I'm sorry to say. 
Actually, I'm not sorry to say it. That's the truth. U.S. soccer should not be happy with a performance like that, especially in the El Clasico. That was terrible. Absolutely terrible. And if we ever get another performance like that, there's going to be hell to pay. You cannot have it against some of the best national teams in the world, and you cannot have that against some of the worst national teams in the world. And you can't have that in a rivalry game against Mexico. Can't have it. You cannot have that. That has to be better. Has to be better. Till that happens, Anthony Hudson hopefully will get a better squad ready to go and that he will be able to go out during Nations League and find a way to get the necessary result to move forward and to win another trophy. Because right now, we are defending U.S. soccer, the Nations League title, and the CONCACAF Gold Cup title. It needs to be better, and I believe it will be better. Until then, just grin and bear it, and hopefully for the U.S., we'll have a better, much better performance from the boys, and we all know it'll be the big boys coming in from Europe to perform in these matches. Because I expect an A-list roster for both tournaments, for both the Nations League and the Gold Cup. So we'll see what happens this coming June and July. And hopefully it will be a lot better than what we just saw tonight in Glendale, Arizona by the U.S. men's national team. Happy for Jesus Ferreira to score the goal. But once again, just an absolute poor performance from the U.S. men's national team. And we cannot, ha- we cannot have that again. We cannot see that again. We cannot do that again. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that will do it for tonight's post-game show. Once again, the United States defeats Mex- – excuse me, not defeats – the United States and Mexico – draws this match 1-1 at State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona. For all of you NPSL soccer fans, for the National Premier Soccer League show, join me this coming Friday night. It'll be another fun one for the fourth episode of the 2023 NPSL soccer season. Join me and my guests as we will have some fun this coming Friday night. And then, of course, don't forget, next week we have Champions League and CONCACAF once again. and Open Cup Magic as the third round begins. I'll have Peter Wilt on, of course, creating so many professional clubs in American soccer. 
this, my friends, will be a fun one once again. My name is Daniel Feuerstein. Thank you very much for listening to me tonight. And as always, please enjoy your football. Thank you. Take care so long. And bye-bye for now. Have a good night, everybody. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.